0: What's up, y'all? It's David O'Gray. i would about to drop a word real quick on what I call the most essential question. The most essential question that any human being can ever ask is, is it true? Was Jesus Christ crucified, died, and was he buried? And on the third day, did he truly rise again? That is the most consequential question. Because 2,000 years ago, something in the Middle East substantially change the course of history for the next two millennia. If it is true what the church teaches that Jesus truly is the begotten and beloved Son of God and that the only way to heaven, that the only way to the Father is through Him. If that's true then no other religion is worthy of belief. If it is not true then Christianity is a fraud and it needs to be destroyed. Now, the reason why that's fundamental, I mean, we could put Jesus' whole life aside for a moment. Because if the resurrection is true, then we have to believe all that other stuff, and we can we can prove we can get to those proofs later. But first, we deal with the resurrection itself because it's the most consequential, the most unbelievable thing. I mean, it's not hard to believe that a guy named Yeshua came two thousand years ago and taught some great things, and that, that people believed in him and they thought he was a Messiah. That, that's that's fine. I, th- I think that's believable. Um, but the resurrection. Um, being gone for, for three days, um, ascending into heaven. I mean, that whole thing is very consequential. Now, in the past, how we dealt with this consequential question is by setting aside and just accepting, as a matter of fact, that that Jesus did die. That he was resurrected on the third day. Okay? And that those eyewitnesses accounts that we read about are true. We just accept those, just on the surface. And then deal with what other objections could there be to this? If that story isn't true, then what are the other options? And traditionally, we've come up with four options. And they are. The first option is that Jesus did die, but he didn't rise. The apostles thought he rose, but they were just hallucinating. Hallucinating? 40 days? What drug is that? What drug stays in your system and has its effects for 40 days? If there is such a drug as that, let me know what it is so I can find it for a friend. The second belief is that yes, Jesus died, but he didn't rise on the third day. The apostles, they just created a myth and led people to believe this myth. The problem with the myth idea is that that's not how myths develop, myths take centuries to develop. The myths always change. If you look at the myth tradition, whether it's the Greek myths or the Egyptian myths, no myth is ever the same. They sort of change over time. Um, the stories start to contradict one another, but they don't take three, ten years like this. The story that we read about in the Gospels, the God Jesus died, in about uh, maybe about fifteen, twenty, twenty-five years later, we start seeing the first written evidence of people talking about him that's not how myths work myths don't work when people the subject of the myth when those people are still alive if it was a myth then we should have read somewhere someone saying that that's a myth but no no one says that because everyone who was alive at that time in that period they were they knew these people they they knew the apostles they heard about this jesus person so the whole myth thing again doesn't really comport to how myths work nor to the historical data. And the third one is sort of like the second. It says that Jesus did die, but he didn't rise. The apostles were involved in some sort of great conspiracy. Again, sort of like myth, and that's not how conspiracies work. Eleven people keeping tight to this conspiracy that that jesus rose again so they can create some sort of religion to control people that's not how conspiracies work 11 people um 10 of those people 10 of the apostles and died some very gruesome deaths all <laughs> right um so you're saying that all 10 of them didn't snitch didn't say oh wait wait you're about to fillet me wait a second um i have a confession uh, i was lying about the whole thing no 10 of them, 10 of the apostles suffered these gruesome deaths and no one snitched? For what? There wasn't any money back then. You didn't have a TD Jakes back then, a Creflo dollar. Wasn't nobody making any money off of this? there's, There's really no reason for this great conspiracy. There was no benefit whatsoever. These people who believed that Jesus Christ was Messiah were the most hated people in the Roman Empire for almost 300 years. There's no point to this being a conspiracy. That's not how conspiracies work. And again, you have to deal with the fact that there's eyewitnesses outside of the conspiracy group. People saw, Paul records, that at least 500 people saw Jesus come back from the dead. That he appeared to 500 people at one time. Okay, That's that's not how conspiracies work. Conspiracies don't have this many um, people saying that, this is true. I saw it. And when Paul said this, these 500 people were still alive. And no one said, ah, no, 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 Paul, you're wrong. You're lying on me. You need to stop lying to me. I didn't see Jesus resurrect from the dead. I was with my wife. We were making whoopee at that time that you said that happened. No, no, no one said that. So, the whole conspiracy thing is just kind of silly. And a fourth one is kind of interesting, sort of. Because it's saying, it's saying that Actually, Jesus didn't die. What happened was that everybody who thought he died actually fainted. Which means that Jesus is actually still alive. Which means that there should be bones. Which means that there should be some eyewitnesses. Like, everybody at the cross or whatever fainted and and somehow Jesus got off the cross and walked away. You know, I'm going to get them. (laughs) The tricks on them just wait I mean it, it's just the whole the whole swimming thing the whole fading thing is just silly I mean you will going spend a whole lot of time on that one it's just stupid so all those options are kind of like easy to dismiss okay but there's a fifth one that a lot of Christian apologists don't really talk about because it comes from the Quran yes the Muslims the, the Islamic belief has a teaching in the Quran in their holy book about what happened to Jesus Christ on a cross and they don't offer any these reasons. They offer a fifth one that's just completely different than anything you've ever heard before. When I read this in the Quran in my 20s, I was just completely just, just put off. And I was like, wow. And I really didn't believe much of anything back then. I was sort of like an agnostic sometimes, a deist. And so I read this and I was kind of like, oh, that's interesting. If that's true, Wow. But even then, I just knew that this is, this. It, it sort of felt like a myth, which made me just completely dismiss the Quran, really just, just all together, because it, it reminded me of, of like the Book of Mormon. it, it just, this, this is just silly. Who believes this? But I'm about to talk about the whole, I'm going to talk about the whole thing in this video about the seed. I put together um, several years ago, as you'll see in the video, I look really young, and uh, so I'm gonna represent the video now. With a little bit of soft sound quality in this really great preface that you heard. Enjoy. Go. Um, we're in Al Nisa. We're in chapter four. We're in verse 157. Here, Muhammad is saying that Jesus actually didn't die. It was not him who was crucified, but some uh, some sort of cloak, some sort of a resemblance was placed on top of another man. And that man was the one that was crucified. Not Jesus, but the resemblance of Jesus was placed on another man. And that man was actually, is the one who was crucified. Okay, down then 159, Muhammad writes that, while as a matter of fact, they who believe this have no sure knowledge about Jesus dying on the cross. So, Muhammad, he, he flat out lies one time. This, this is just a lie from the piss of hell. This is from Satan himself, right? Um, So, Muhammad can't prove that there was a resemblance of Jesus placed on another man, and that man was the one that was crucified. He can't prove that, right? He doesn't offer any proof to that. But then he says, the 159 that we can't prove that Jesus was actually. Um, yeah, we can. And we're about to go into that real quick. Alright, so what we're talking about here is what's called the substitution theory. That Jesus was substituted on the cross by another man. Okay, so our first question is why would God do that? The Quran confirms um, that Jesus was born of a virgin by the breath of God. but So why would God substitute Jesus on the cross for another man? For what reason why Jesus was born? Through these extraordinary measures. The Quran doesn't answer that. It doesn't tell us why Jesus was substituted on the cross but it needs to okay so the first thing to understand here that this argument that Jesus is not who he says he is that he was not crucified and resurrected on the third day, that he is not by thereby the, the bridge, the heal, the divide between God and man, that he did not come with some sort of new baptism to heal us of the original sin, that he is not co-eternal of the same substance of his Father, that Jesus is not these things. Islam has to make that argument and has to give us a Jesus that is just a prophet. Because if Jesus is just a prophet God didn't say everything that he needed to say through his only begotten beloved son then it opens up the door for a prophet to come come after Jesus. God still has something left to say enter Muhammad okay. and so from the outset this story seems very suspicious because it is a necessary argument. Without this, um, if this isn't true, then Islam falls like a stack of cards Okay, so Islam has to say this okay, For Muhammad's credibility And so we're suspicious from an outset. Seems like a straw man It's throwing out the Christian story That Christians believe this It's not true But doesn't even offer any evidence It feels like a myth If you read the Egyptian myth And the Greek myth It just sounds like It's just too fancy It's just too It's too incredible right? God placed a resemblance Over another man And that man was crucified I mean that doesn't even sound right It sounds illogical and the other thing is that this story can't come from Muhammad he has to say it comes from some sort of outside source why? because no one said this for 600 years no one even thought of some sort of substitution theory, some sort of resemblance placed over Jesus and that meant nobody thought about that, I mean because it sounds stupid that's why nobody even thought about that so it has to come from an outside source for Muhammad's credibility, and, and perhaps it did come from outside source, but outside source was Satan, it was a, it was a demon Okay, that, that fed Muhammad disinformation. So, but again, from the outset, Muhammad's claims about Jesus is suspicious because it's just too necessary that this argument be true. Okay, so the second thing Islam doesn't tell us is that if, if God made another man resemble Jesus and that man died, who was that man? <laughs> I mean what you laughing at, boy? You laughing at me? You know who the daddy of that chocolate baby is? Huh? You do? Well, who is it? Out of Peppy. We need to know who it is, who was substituted in the place of Jesus and what happened to his body. I mean, cause obviously that person was placed in a tomb. The tomb was opened on the third day. There was not a body there. Did God send somebody there to get that body and didn't go back? Need- Will you help me hide a body? Doesn't have to be in one piece. Go away, Anna. He didn't know the answer to this question because the innocent man died. All right. God is a murderer. God killed an innocent person in place of Jesus Christ. God is guilty of murder. We need to know where the body is so we can put God on trial for murder. Okay. God's going down. All right. So, I mean, this is what this is what Islam is telling us. It's telling us that God killed an innocent man in place of Jesus. We don't know who that man is. We don't know who that baby daddy is, boss. All right. So, is come on. Come on, Islam. Come on, Muhammad come on, tie up the loose ends, bruh, you gotta tie, I mean, this is really, again, it's a myth, it's a myth, I mean, the myth don't, the myths don't tie up loose ends like this, the myth just leave these things out there like this, I mean, that's really all this is, come on now, come on, bruh, bruh, okay, and third, if Jesus wasn't crucified and resurrected, who is that appearing to all these people after the resurrection, I mean, this dude was walking through walls, I mean, he was eating, he was cooking fish, eating fish, um, I mean, he was talking to people. I mean, he was—I mean, he was appeared to people on the, the road to Emmaus. I mean, this dude Paul said he appeared to five hundred people at the same time simultaneously all over the Middle East. And then Paul said, these people are still alive. Many of them are still alive, Paul wrote. And when Paul wrote this, these people were still alive. I mean, somebody would have came forward if this was a lie. Paul told a lie on somebody. These people would have came forward and said, no, Paul, that's actually not true. But no one came forward. Everyone. These are eyewitness accounts. People actually saw Jesus resurrected. Okay, Luke when Luke writes his gospel, he says that I went back and I re verified all the people who said these were eyewitness accounts. So so Luke is saying the same thing. There was a man named Jesus who was crucified, who was put in the tomb, who wasn't there on the third day, who resurrected, was appearing to a whole bunch of people, giving people orders. And um and, and then that man is sitting into heaven. All right. So these these are eyewitness accounts, but Muhammad's trying to tell us that eh, now it was some sort of you know some sort of um I don't know some sort of cloaking device placed over some dude. Um and we're come on man come on bro these, are, these are, come on it just doesn't make any sense. And, and I mean it's the resurrection that means life changed in the Middle East after the resurrection. I mean, dude, you had you had Jews um, starting to go worship on what they called the Lord's Day, on the first day of the week, what they called the eighth day. I mean, they weren't even going to the Jews, not even celebrating the Sabbath anymore. I mean, like this was a radical change. I mean, people were being persecuted for the belief. Apostles dying right and left. Um, religious stories um, in, in the synagogue telling Christians they couldn't preach. In Jesus' name. I mean, life completely changed. I mean, Jews going around saying on Sunday that they're eating the flesh and drinking the blood of Jesus Christ. I mean, this is just completely radical. Jews saying that all the Old Testament prophecies about the Messiah have been fulfilled in this person, Jesus Christ. Um, And so, I mean, based on this resurrection, that people believe this story. I mean they believed to the point that it was such a radical change in the Middle East. Nothing was the same after that. But Muhammad wants to tell us that it actually didn't happen. Muhammad, where's your eyewitnesses? How's the Quran reliable written 605 5 centuries after this actually happened? I mean this doesn't it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Um, and and more than that the the two major hadiths I mean the oral um, tradition of the Muslims I mean they're completely silent about this I mean they even realize how stupid this part of the Quran is. They even realize it doesn't make any sense. And even today, Muslim scholars are just all overboard about about this whole cloaking device placed over Jesus. I mean, some think, you know, maybe um, the Starship Enterprise came back and it was some sort of cloaking device that was placed over him. Now, I'm just kidding about this, but at least that's one way to explain this stupid crap. I mean, come on, who believes this? I mean, really, who believes this? I mean, I mean, the Mormons have a better story than the Muslims, if you really think about this. I mean, I'm more inclined to believe some sort of story about some sort of golden tablets that I need a pair of special glasses to read than this crap. I mean, come on. Come on, bro. So because the Quran raises more questions than the answers about Jesus, because it it completely contradicts the scriptures, which are based upon eyewitness accounts. We have to ask the question, why will we trust the Quran, which is written 600 years after these events occurred? No one ever trusts a history book in which the person who is writing a history book doesn't rely on verifiable data or eyewitness accounts. You, you can't trust that. So why would we trust the Quran's account about Jesus? We can't trust that it comes from sort of, from sort of outside source, but again, that all seems too necessary. It all seems too convenient to set up Muhammad in his position of authority. So, you know, and we can't say that the the manuscripts that the scriptures aren't reliable because we have like over what five thousand in Greek and, and over nineteen thousand in Hebrew and Syriac and, and other languages that are copies of the original manuscripts. And all these different manuscripts they're um they're like the differences between them they're like ninety nine point five percent accurate as far as their differences with one another. So they're all nearly identical. So we have to trust those. Alright? You know if I, if I wanted to know about the life of Malcolm X I would I would you know go interview his daughter I would talk to her okay I wouldn't just trust some sort of dream I received about Malcolm X and then write a history book about it and claim it to be credible I wouldn't do that But that's the difference between the Quran and the scriptures It just doesn't make any sense